BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Doing got no house, house manners. Yo, get a plate. What is this? No, 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 for what your waffle. For, for the waffle. What is that? For the waffle. What is that? But what is wrong with you? Oh, what is that? This dude is, you're sick. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where we are unfortunately in the middle of some March badness as the Lakers have dropped three straight and all the injuries are finally starting to catch up to them. But hey, at least when it comes to the battle of who's crazier between former Lakers point guard Jordan Clarkson and current Lakers point guard Lonzo Ball, I think we may have gotten a win there. Between Lonzo Ball being worried that his girlfriend Denise, who's pregnant, could get double pregnant, and Jordan Clarkson believing that dinosaurs were once pets for humans who were three times their size. Who sounds crazier, Alan? Uh, Definitely JC. (laughs) Without a freaking doubt. Wait, what's this Lonzo thing? Oh, he just, he was scared that Denise, his girlfriend, could get double pregnant. Because she's pregnant right now. Right, right. Um, And so on Snapchat, Channing Fry was like, yo, this boy is freaking stupid. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. But uh, <laughs> it turns out that, it turns out that can actually happen, though. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, so Lonzo Ball is, is less crazy. But Alan, why don't you do us the honors of starting our show out by channeling Jordan Clarkson and giving us his theory on dinosaurs? Yo, uh, so first of all, uh, it's good to be back. You know, Cleveland's freaking cold as hell, man. I freaking miss LA, but, uh, I'm just gonna fill y'all in on what I was talking about before. Uh, you know, I don't believe in dinosaurs either. Well, no, nah, I mean, you know, actually I do. I believe that now, you see, this is gonna get, this is gonna get a little crazy. Uh, I'm gonna take y'all a little left on this, okay? So y'all know how, like, we got dogs and stuff, right? So I think it was, like, bigger people in the world before us. And, like, the dinosaurs, like, they pets. On a leash? Like a pet? So how big were these people? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So, like, oh, you know, you look at the dinosaur, right? And, like, they got to be, like, three times bigger than them. 
All right, great. Thanks, JC. It was like a like a Zoolander line. They gotta be at least. I mean, yeah, <laughs> exactly, man. It's like you know, like this this what is this a library for ants or whatever? Whatever the hell he said in that movie. Yeah, man, it's three times big at least. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, uh, this is the Lakers Legacy Podcast. We've got a special show today. I swear to God, we're going to talk about the Lakers and basketball. Uh, But tonight, we've got longtime friend of the podcast and frequent return guester, Daniel Shea from the band Run River North with us. Before I introduce him, uh, we're going to quickly listen to one of their newest tracks called Fun House. So we'll listen to that right now. I wish I had time. Oh, shit. All right, that was Fun House, very funky, very groovy. I really dig the vibe of that song. Uh, Without further ado, um, I got to see Dan Shea perform at the Troubadour two weeks ago with Run River North, a stripped-down version of Run River North, but still a very inspiring and uh, very well-put-together Run River North nonetheless. So uh, without further ado, we have frequent podcast guester, longtime friend of the podcast, Daniel Che from the band Run River North with us tonight. Dan, how are you doing? Yo! Dan Che, your cue is now. Dan Che? Oh, man, I was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> hey. oh, my man. All good, all good. Hey. I said, yo. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to release this. Oh, uh, no. But hey, Dan. No, no, I'm just kidding. No, what's up, dude? Hey, why don't you tell people like our very uh, grassroots gorilla setup right now? What's going on in, on your end? Okay, so we're currently on the freeway. I'm here with <laughs> Sally Kang, also of Run River North. Hey, Sally. Hi. We were supposed to... Uh, Hop on this Skype call, but we have to do this uh, guerrilla style. So sorry for the extra noise, but we're going to make it work. All good. So we have two thirds of Run River North on this podcast tonight. What a pleasure. What a privilege to have you guys on. Um, so I alerted Daniel to this prior, but oh, before we get to this, Dan, can you update us really quick on Run River North's happenings? And I know you guys are going on tour in the East Coast and Really quickly, for people who don't know what Run River North is, just your, your quick elevator pitch. Yes, we are a band, an all-Korean band, and we have been a band for six years, but now we are down to three people, like anything in life. Um, <laughs> things live and things go away, but we are proudly three remaining members, and we're going strong. Awesome. Dan, can you plug your guys's, uh social accounts and whatnot yeah uh you can find us on facebook instagram uh, actually not facebook instagram twitter and um you know all of that at slap backslash run river north um and we have we're going on tour in april and may and if you're not in la please check it out where are you guys going on tour uh we're hitting the east coast and then the south and midwest so it'll be a lot of fun we're excited to be back out very cool so check out run river north on any and all socials um yeah so i alerted daniel to this prior but daniel you are really proud of your girlfriend sally and her full yes. transformation into diehard lakers fan in just one season so dan or sally i give you full platform now to tell us why and how your girlfriend is so cool and just how in touch she is with the lakers right now all right here we go so sally before we so okay we've been a band for six seven years we have been dating now for two years at Ayo. the be- at the beginning of two years she her only familiarity with the nba was that lebron sucks and kobe is great over these past two years just by proxy by just being next to me she has been forced to watch <laughs> over a hundred regular season games this <laughs> includes the terrible um clarkson d'angelo lou williams lineups and losses where they would be competitive for three quarters and choke the fourth so she is well versed and i am so proud she is sally king yes hey hey 
hey, Sally King, why don't you give us your thoughts, your personal thoughts being um, Daniel Che's girlfriend and having to soak in all of this Lakers knowledge and how it's changed your life, really? Um, well, it hasn't really changed my life. I grew up with an older brother who also loves the Lakers. So, yes, my hate for LeBron and Paul Pierce uh, grew at its normal times. But... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think dating Daniel and having to watch these games and just being there, wanting to be there to engage with him, but not knowing any of these new players. I at first just kind of made fun of their names and their hair hairstyles <laughs> and what they'd wear. But then after a couple games in, I actually started picking up on like their <laughs> their plays. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, it's actually I really enjoy watching the games now. So you know that movie movie Jerry Maguire, there's that famous line, you had me at hello. Yeah. Uh-huh. For Sally, it was you had me at I hate LeBron's and his receding hairline. Yes. <laughs> that was you had me at hello. Dude, that is awesome. Uh I mean Daniel, you're living the dream right now. I so. am, I'm so lucky. <laughs> Hey, so like real quickly, I, I, you know, pretty much all you need is LeBron sucks and Kobe is great. But for you, Dan, when was the turning point? Like, was there one thing she said about the Lakers that you're like, damn, she she's really she's she's in too deep. Yes. Um, oh, so so we, we all know how Brooke Lopez likes to chuck at least four threes a game. Sure. When the Lakers were on their uh, their streak of when, when they started playing really well the last like 12 to 15 games and Brooke was hitting his threes just off the cuff Sally goes wow Brooke is hitting her threes and and I think I fainted <laughs> just straight up blacked out <laughs> pretty much I was very surprised and very proud that is awesome all right well I swear we're gonna talk about basketball and the Lakers um hey man I got a question for you this is Jordan Clarkson I didn't bounce yet you talking about the hairstyles and like you know the the sense of style and stuff I ain't on that list right hey okay 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 we talk about this all the time sorry Jordan Clarkson but you are too oh much, hell nah you're too much about the social media and the girls and the Instagram mm. if you were a true player you would never post about yourself like Brandon Ingram, who yeah. never posts mm. on Facebook and Instagram. You know he's a player because he doesn't have to. Ooh, that's deep. Man, hater, haters, haters. I'm sorry, JC. It's all good. It's all good. It's okay. Pet dinosaurs, everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> so before we get started, I need to plug ourselves real quick. As usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes. The more you rate and review us, the less Jordan Clarkson will be posting on social media and actually become a true player. Uh, speaking of rating and reviews, though, tonight we're going to have... I just want Joel Embiid to come on. I, I mean, I don't know if Sally knows Joel Embiid, but I know Dan does. And uh, Alan does a great Joel Embiid impression. So we're going to have Joel Embiid randomly do this Lakers Legacy podcast review. So whenever you're ready, Joel Embiid, take it away. Hey, you know, it's uh, never random when I come on here. I just show up when I want. So this one is a, uh, so much fun. This is by CC Turtle. I think maybe your name is CC. That's cool. Five star. <laughs> so uh, these guys are fans talking to fans. Do some good analysis. But more than anything, it's a good time. Why you guys laugh at me? It's messed up. Stop laughing, I kick your ass. So they got the funny joke, impersonation, and breakdown of the Lakers decision. Keep up the good work, fellas. Fly, eagle, fly. Always got to plug that. Go Phillies, LeBron. He going to come to Philly, not going to go to L.A. L.A. suck. All right. Um, that was amazing. Yeah, no, for sure. Thank, I, thank, I'm thank always you, floored. Always floored anytime Alan pulls out the Joel Embiid. Thank you, Joel Embiid. Thank you, uh, CC Turtle, for that amazing review. Yeah, please rate and review us on iTunes. All right, with that said, let's get into the Lakers. Um, they have lost their last three straight. Last night, they, man, they started off so well against the Pacers, but then relinquished the lead and kind of got buried at the end of the third and into the fourth. So it's not been too much fun. And I think day by day, as the games pass, we're missing Brandon Ingram more and more. Um, it's crazy to think that just a week ago, we had such a lit time seeing 
Isaiah Thomas cross over Jokic and uh, stare at him and give that little grin on his face and flip in that layup and all of Staples Center was up on their feet. But yeah, a week later, and it's kind of, uh, yeah, we've hit somewhat of a downturn. But I guess my first question to Dan would be, what do you think the Lakers miss most about Brandon Ingram right now? I think the injuries have caught up to them a little bit in this last uh, recent stretch, and Isaiah Thomas has not been playing well at all. In fact, I think he's had his two worst games. Uh, The rotation is a little tighter. Uh, Luke is having to make do with the limited amount of wings that he has on this roster. I mean, granted, Kyle Kuzma's playing a lot better recently, averaging like 21 points, 9 rebounds on 52% shooting. And Julius Randle and Brooke Lopez have looked really good. But in spite of that, the Lakers, um, yeah, have been struggling recently. So I guess for you, what do you miss most about what Brandon Ingram brings to the floor? And what do you think the Lakers have missed most about him being absent? Jay, honey, uh, I think you pointed it out really well. I think the rotations, mostly. I mean, God bless him, but Travis Weir... I mean, God bless him, but that's all. Yeah, let, let's just leave it there. But I think, I think, you know, when when you start when you start Ingram, you you have to start Kuzma, which is great. But I'd rather have Kuzma come off the bench. With, um, I mean, I loved the 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 backups when it was Kuzma. Um, freaking man, I forgot what it was. It was Kuzma, Isaiah Thomas. Lonzo for that random stretch where he was coming off the bench. I mean, mm. the rotations get screwed up. And then I think number two, you lose somebody that has the ability to bail you out when the shot clock is late. I think mm. right now, I mean, you just see Lonzo checking up these weird floaters when the shot clock's at like three or like IT getting the ball stripped from him nine times. Um, yeah, I really miss Brandon Ingram and so does Rosie Sally's bunny. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so Brandon Ingram, the good news is he's day to day right now. I think they just want to see him go through one full practice before inserting him into the lineup, which could happen as soon as Wednesday. And then hopefully he'll be back on Thursday against the New Orleans Pelicans. But Alan, same question for you. What do you think the Lakers have sorely missed and lacked in uh, Brandon Ingram's stead? Yeah, uh, definitely agree with Dan as far as having a guy who could bail you out. And uh, I think that really obviously extends to towards the end of the game, just having that proverbial closer. Um, you know, it'd be great if IT could revert back to uh, Boston Celtics version. Um, and again, you know, he's had some good moments for sure. But if we had Brandon out there able to isolate, you know, every now and then, that would be nice. And um, as far as the rotations go, totally agree. Um, as a UCLA fan... Um, happy for Travis Worthy. He's getting a chance. And here and there, you know, he's had his moments where he's draining threes. I shouldn't say draining threes, where he is making three-pointers. Um, but, I mean, he's barely an NBA player at this point. You know, he's he's essentially a G-leaguer. Um, so, it, it's really thrown things out of whack. And it's crazy because despite that, over these last 10 games, we went 5-5. Five and five. And for Mm -hmm. us to go 500, even though these last three have been pretty difficult to watch, um, I guess big picture, we've salvaged things somehow using duct tape and gum and paper clips. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I agree. And I mean, like I said, it was just a week ago that Isaiah Thomas was putting 22 on his old former teammates, um, the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron, and we blew the Cavs out. And then after that, we had that epic Denver Nuggets win where it seemed like multiple dudes were doing well. Um, it's just recently we had the Golden State loss and then the one-point loss to the Miami Heat on Friday, which I was unfortunately at the game. It was a very boring game. Um, if only Isaiah Thomas had hit that step back uh, shot. But uh, And then obviously last night we lost to the Pacers. I think for me the biggest thing that I miss about Brandon Ingram is especially with Isaiah Thomas right now struggling, both Isaiah Thomas and Lonzo Ball struggling, I feel like Brandon Ingram brings that steadying force because, you know, he was a point guard. Luke has been playing him at point guard. And I think he he melds together both of the things. He melds together the deficiencies that Isaiah Thomas has and the deficiencies that Lonzo Ball has in terms of 
He's not a flashy playmaker, but he's a steady playmaker. And unlike Lonzo Ball, he at least can attack the basket and keep the defense on edge, you know? Where right now, Lonzo Ball is just chucking up threes and missing at an alarming rate. Where with Brandon Ingram, he can still facilitate the offense a little bit, do a little, uh, do some pick and roll plays. Or he could catch the defense on, get, get the defense on their heels, drive to the basket, get foul calls. Uh, pull up for the mid-range jump shot. I think that's the aspect that we're missing right now. And we're seeing it even in that starting unit with Lonzo. Um, our offense is super clunky and Brooke Lopez has become like our go-to guy because uh, there's really no other threat out there right now but besides Brooke Lopez and Julius Randle. So I think that's what Brandon Ingram brings. And then obviously Isaiah Thomas with his shot not falling and him kind of just waltzing into the lane, uh, getting turnovers or getting blocked. I mean, that's something we don't have to worry about with regards to Brandon Ingram. Um, if we look at the way that Isaiah Thomas play makes, it's a lot of dribble, dribble, pounding the ball playmaking, where Brandon Ingram likes to kind of get it out of his hands pretty quickly like Lonzo Ball does. But again, the thing that Brandon Ingram brings that Lonzo doesn't is, well, he can attack the basket and, uh, you know, keep the defense honest. So I think that's the biggest thing we're missing, where without Brandon, um, and especially with our two-point guard struggling, I mean, it's going to look ugly, it's going to look clunky, and so far, I think that's caught up to us a little bit. Um, it doesn't help that Isaiah Thomas has had probably his two worst games as a Laker. Um, but yeah, it'll be a welcome sight to see Brandon Ingram return, hopefully uh, by the end of this week. And uh, hopefully we can finish the the uh, yeah the season strong after that. Um, does anybody else have any last thoughts on Ingram? It, uh, is it just me? This, this is kind of off topic, but... Yeah. I feel like Isaiah has really messed with the the locker room chemistry. Like the that felt I felt like they were having this good like youth movement thing going on. And you see um, Kuzma like talking about how Isaiah like yells at him all the time. And I th- I feel like people give up on plays earlier now because Isaiah is just like you know pounding the ball. And I don't know. I, I he's quickly I've I've quickly turned on him. I I've quickly turned for him. And then turned on him. Now I I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's just, maybe winning truly solves everything. But these you're right. These losses have been tough. Yeah. No. I mean, that's one of the topics that I wanted to get to. So I guess um, maybe we can get more of uh, your thoughts on it in a second. But I'll, I'll turn it to Alan and ask him along the same lines that you were talking about. Alan, what if I mean I I think quickly Isaiah Thomas has become a pretty polarizing player this season. I mean, it's crazy. A week ago, we were like lit for Isaiah Thomas. I made him my Facebook cover because of that, you know, juke move on Jokic and how em- embarrassed Jokic looked after that. And I think I'm, sm- I'm my my luster for Isaiah Thomas has slowly started to wane. I mean, obviously, it coincides with him just getting a bunch of turnovers and not being able to really hit any shots. But we had that Golden State uh, scuffle between him and Julius Randle. We saw that we read that article about him still stating very adamantly that he's a starter. There's no way he's going to be coming off the bench after this season. Um, Alan, for you, have has your sentiments changed at all with regards to Isaiah Thomas? Or are you keeping perspective in terms of maybe this is just like a, a mini stretch whether it's things that you've heard from the Lakers players about Isaiah Thomas or just how he's played on court and maybe dominated the ball a little more and not been efficient with it. Have your sentiments changed with Isaiah Thomas? Uh, I mean, in terms of on-court play, obviously it hasn't been as good of a stretch recently. Um, But, you know, he's going through a funk, obviously, and we've, we've dealt with streakiness all year to an extent. Um, Do we like it when he's isolating? And like Dan said, like, kind of tripping down the lane and then getting stripped every other time. Of course not. Um, As far as like locker room and, and chemistry like that, I'm not actually like concerned about those things. Um, I mean, Julius Randall at one, uh, yeah, we talked about like the scuffle or whatever was a little bit, but um, clearly that's just how those guys are communicating. And they're both, I would say Julius is definitely an alpha. You know, we've talked about how Julius has that, Kobe Bryant mentality and clearly Isaiah has that so when those two guys are going to butt heads and it happens to get caught on camera because it's the middle in the middle of a game um optically it looks bad but Julius said himself like that's my guy you know and um that's just how they communicate so it's all good uh as far as him saying you know I'm a starter and things like that I mean I, I suppose he could say something along the lines of something more bland and neutral 
but that's just not his personality, and we would know that it would be insincere anyway. So it doesn't really bother me that he says those things at all. That's just who he is. Um, as far as like us losing the last three games, like how much blame would I assign toward him as far as kind of ruffling things up? Honestly, not not too much. Um, but I can see that perspective for sure. Uh, if you lose the way we've been losing, especially that Indiana game, and that was really, really ugly. And I mean, Miami, we were in it in a sense, but that was also a very ugly game. I, I can see why there'd be kind of a connection or like a correlation there, um, but maybe not so much the cause. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think with Isaiah Thomas, I just personally, I know I have a personal bias towards him just because he's so short and I'm pretty short for a dude. And so, <laughs> um, I just, I just have, I just have an irrational love for him and how gritty he is. And, you know, I'm a sucker for all of that. Him always being passed on by teams and like, uh, having to move t- from team to team year by year. And then what happened to his sister last year, how he still played for the Celtics and toughed it out. And then, you know, he is a very brash and loud individual, but I feel like that's kind of what has gotten him to where he is today. Um, I do understand how people can see how he's ruffled the chemistry in the in, in the locker room and how even uh, he can be dominating. He can be dominating the usage um, of the team in a very unproductive ways. But I think I always like to give him the benefit of the doubt just because, I mean, I like him as a player. I like him as a guy. And I think if the Lakers do plan to sign some superstars, I mean, those are more of the types of personalities they're going to have to get used to, you know, people who demand greatness. Now, I mean, it's a fair question to ask whether Isaiah Thomas has any right to do that since he just came in midway and he's not the player he once was. But I think just in terms of priming our young players to get used to, you know, an all-star type player who is hard on them, I think it's good practice for them now. And as Luke said, you know, I like that in I like that exchange between uh, Julius Randle and Isaiah Thomas because at the end of the day, these are two very competitive guys who want to win. And we've mentioned it before, but it seems like Julius Randle and Isaiah Thomas are pretty in sync in terms of their fiery personalities. And so when you get two of those guys together, I mean, that's bound to happen. You know, disagreements and being really passionate about, you know, getting plays wrong and whatnot. So um, I give Isaiah Thomas a little bit of flack with regards to that. Um even with regards to the article that came out where he just said, you know, I've conceded this season, um, but I, I plan to be a starter. There's no way I'm a bench player. I think a lot of people took that article the wrong way in terms of just seeing how prideful Isaiah Thomas is. And actually, when I read the article, what I got out of it was how reasonable he is, actually, because in spite of how brash he is, in spite of how blunt he is, within that article, it also talked about how uh, him and Luke talked before he started playing for the Lakers when he got traded about his role with the team. And what I got out of that was, you know, Luke laid it clearly out for him that this is a youth movement. They want to get these guys prepared for the for next season, for the summer. Um, and he wanted Isaiah Thomas to be that mentor veteran leader for them. And even though they disagreed on what his role should be, I feel like Isaiah Thomas ended up conceding anyways. He saw the context of the situation, and I feel like he uh, embraced the role that was given to him by Luke, and he didn't, you know, pout about it. And we haven't seen him pout about it or or say anything incendiary in the locker room. So for me, actually, um, he seems like a reasonable guy when reality hits him in the face. Now, now one could argue that he had no choice but to kind of concede because he has to kind of play nice with only three months left in the season if he wants to get another contract. But I do think this summer when he's confronted with the fact that there's not going to be a market for him and his he can either go to a team and be a starter, like a sucky team like the Hawks or something, and be a starter there, or he can choose to be a six-man off the bench for the Lakers and still earn decent money. You know, I feel like when that reality is presented to him, he might be that reasonable Isaiah Thomas that we saw when that trade first happened. You know what I mean? So I think that's why I'm not too worried yet. Um, I do I do agree that it's been very ugly recently. He, he really can't do anything when he gets into the lane. He's, his finishing is just not there. And most of all, he's been turning the ball over left and right. And it doesn't need to be stated. The defense is not there. Um, so Dan, I wanted to ask you one last thing about Isaiah. I guess... When did your sentiments sentiments for him shift? Like, let's say we go back to the Denver game. 
Uh, where would you be standing on Isaiah Thomas? Like right after the Denver game and, you know, he had that Cleveland revenge game and then that Denver game where he was so exciting to watch. Uh, if, if we just stop it there, what, what would your sentiments have been on Isaiah Thomas? I think Denver game, it was sky high. Like, like you said, Jokic. I mean, that was so money. Like when he looked back, I, I think I, so I, I, I try to catch all the games on replay so I could just like, like scroll through. And mm-hmm. when that happened, I, I think I replayed that play like five times, and like froze it when Jokic, <laughs> when he looked back at Jokic. But I forgot if it was against the Heat or if it was against the Pacers. There was one game where Isaiah just like, I think he turned the ball over like nine times. I don't know. That's probably an exaggeration, but like I felt like every time he drove, he would just get it stripped. And I was like, what the heck? And then uh, not to add, like, I mean, of course, the losing doesn't help. But, oh, you know, another one was when he – it was against the Heat. Yeah, I think he turned the ball over a lot against the Heat. And the final play – I think it was the final couple plays. There was a turnover and then him taking the last shot and missing. It was a good look. Totally within his, uh, in within his skill set, it wasn't a crazy shot, but it just—I don't know. I just felt like the Lakers' offense wasn't as free flowing as it typically is. Mm-hmm. I trust the ball more in Brandon Ingram's hands. It made me think of thoughts like, "Is Isaiah healthy?" Like these are like thoughts I shouldn't be sure. asking, but like you just mentioned as well, it's crazy that you mentioned his sister because until you had said that, I completely had forgotten about that. Like his sister. Like that's it's a crazy tragedy that happened, and mm. no wonder he has a chip on his shoulder. You know, like when you put it into perspective like that, it's like, wow, this dude is human. I respect the dude. He's still playing. He's probably playing hurt. So yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Yeah, Alan, do you have any last thoughts on Isaiah? And um, I don't know at this at this point, you know, like there's an argument out there right now to be had in terms of Lakers fans, maybe even. Uh, talking of debating whether or not they want Isaiah Thomas back even as a six man and I guess if it were up to you and let's say we only get only get, quote unquote only get LeBron James or only get Paul George um, where where do you stand in terms of would you rather keep Isaiah Thomas or KCP if if we're if we're throwing the cap stuff out of the um, out of the picture out of the equation because honestly if we put the cap stuff in there's no way we're keeping KCP because I just want to remind everyone KCP has like a 22 million dollar cap hold on the books and Isaiah Thomas's is only nine million so that's like a difference of 13 million where if you choose to keep Isaiah you can spend another 13 million on some ancillary supporting cast type players to like round round your team into form with LeBron James Isaiah Thomas so if we're talking about cap stuff it's almost no question that I'd rather keep Isaiah Thomas and have Luke talk to him and kind of convince him to become a six man and kind of embrace that role as dude it doesn't matter if you're starting if you're a Laker and you're a six man in this city and you embrace the role like you will forever be remembered. I mean, just look at Lamar Odom, right? That's the pitch I would give Isaiah Thomas if he's able to become, if he's able to use this summer and get right and get healthy um, and fit into a system. If it's just Isaiah Thomas by himself and no other stars come, I don't know if I'd be down for that. But I think if there's another, um, if there's another guy who's legitimately better than him, like Paul George or something, I might consider it. But yeah, Alan, where do you stand in terms of like, would you rather have Isaiah Thomas back or, or KCP? Yeah, I would rather have Isaiah as a six man for sure. If we're throwing out, you know, all those different, um, you know, scenarios as far as money goes, um, yeah, I would definitely take him. And then, of course, the question is, you know, how would he uh, respond to that type of uh, situation? Um, you know, unfortunately, I tend to think a little more along the lines of he's going to follow the money <laughs> wherever that is. Um, I don't know. I mean, even if it is on a losing team. There's a part of me that feels like he may go after that, but if you're just asking me what I would want to happen, yeah, I would want him to be our six man for sure. Dan, what about you? How do you feel about KCP? And uh, if if we're throwing money to the side here, um, would you rather keep KCP or Isaiah Thomas? Especially because KCP, non-Jailhouse Rock KCP, has been pretty solid this year. This is Mike from the Almighty Baller Network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. 
With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. Man, if KCP leaves, if we have to let him go, I'm going to be so sad. I think what he brings to the team is invaluable. Like the Lakers play defense. And when KCP is hitting his threes, there's like the young guys can really like work. And I, let me ask you guys this. Would you rather have keep this core and KCP and then maybe add, I don't, can they add Paul George with KCP? Uh, they can. They would have to uh, probably attach their first round pick to Luau Deng and get rid of Luau Deng altogether. And, you know, the, the number one priority this summer is keeping Julius Randle, right? I think we'd all right. agree. Um, so Julius Randle's cap holds like $12 million. And KCP, I mean, he would take up $22 million, But I think, let me see right now, I have the numbers up. Um, so let's say that Deng is totally gone. Um, that would leave us with about... Yeah, it would leave us with about like $40 million to spend, even if you choose to um, keep KCP. So you, you can keep KCP and just bring in a Paul. You, you can keep KCP, keep Julius Randle, and uh, bring in Paul George if you want to. Okay, so so would you rather keep KCP, Randle, and then potentially a max guy that's not LeBron, and keep the young core intact, or go go for the the Paul George, LeBron strategy if you had to choose between the two what would what, what would you guys choose oh i'd take the the, the paul george lebron <laughs> lebron strategy i think narratively i like just paul george coming you know um i don't think right. i've uh, because I, I i i worry about lebron james kind of hijacking our entire organization even though right. i i love him you know and i and i think he'd be amazing next to lonzo ball and all that stuff and he'd, he'd bring the flair back to staples but i think narratively i like the hometown guy and paul george coming because paul george has a chip on his shoulder as well and if he can lead like the young core and usher us into like the next generation i i think narratively that works better but i mean on paper i don't know i i'd pick lebron james and paul george but uh alan i don't know what, what you think yeah, I'd go for it all. <laughs> I'd, I'd want LeBron and Paul George for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think you just you find a way to make it work, you know. And uh, I mean, Luke would be largely responsible for that. And you know, we've talked so many times about how masterful Luke is at managing personalities. And I think Julius recently—I don't remember which article it was. It was either an ESPN one or a Kevin Ding article and he was talking about how Luke really cares about each player as an individual and as a person off the basketball court and that's why he's had such positive results this season um so I mean we even heard LeBron say after we played them that the Lakers are playing so well and Luke's got them playing that Golden State style and things like that not that we're going to read between the lines to that extent but you know if LeBron didn't think Luke was genuinely a good coach. He wouldn't say something like that. So um, as far as like the fear of LeBron um, essentially taking over and being kind of overbearing and whatever, like, I can absolutely see that argument. But I think if you have that opportunity, you got to give it a chance and you got to make it work. And no one's not too many people are going to blame you for trying that route. Yeah. So, Dan, I wanted to ask you a follow up question on, on why you almost rather side with the Paul George young core deal. But uh, let me know if this is kind of your line of thinking, because I told this to Alan a couple episodes ago where I've kind of fallen so much in love with our young core, like Lonzo Ball, mm -hmm. Kyle Kuzma, Julius Randle, um, Josh Hart, even Brandon Ingram, that I feel like nationally, the national media just like shits on us so much, you know, craps on us so much, our young guys, when we're legitimately good, you know, we've had to win like, out of the all-star break, like 20, 20 games and nine losses, 20 wins, nine losses in order for anybody to turn ahead. When if anybody's been watching Lakers games, like religiously, we'd know for ourselves, no, these guys are good. They're capable of doing this. You know, we had one really bad nine game losing stretch. And if we didn't have that, we'd be contending for the playoffs. So for us, it's no surprise, but I think just nationally, the media is always hesitant to 
give our guys the proper credit they deserve. And it for me, the one of the reasons why I worry about LeBron James coming is I feel like Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, um, Kyle Kuzma, they're always going to have this asterisk nest to their name uh, when the Lakers get good and become contenders again, where people will just say, oh, the only reason why Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram are really good right now is because LeBron James. You know, in terms of like, they're never going to get that their due credit uh, that they deserve under LeBron's, LeBron James' shadow. But I don't know, I don't know uh, if you have other thoughts on, on why you tend to side against the LeBron James version of the Lakers. Right. I, I think it's, it's just truly a question of long-term success versus short-term. I, I think LeBron's such a big personality that he's, I don't want to say stifled the development of the young kids, but he might do that. I think he's going to look for a longer term deal than he has been taking in, in Miami and, and Cleveland because it's kind of like his twilight deal. It's like he's settling down in LA and I I don't want to be paying him $40 million when he's 40 years old. I I, mm. I think that'll just ruin the long-term success of the Lakers, I got to tell you, this year has probably been the the most enjoyable year yeah. watching the Lakers in quite some time. And and watching the young guys like actually finish games, especially in this last stretch, like I have not been happier. And I think that might disappear. Like you have a chance to become, you know, what Kevin Durant, uh, Russell Westbrook and Harden was when they were they got to the finals when they were 22. I I, I really think if you if you look back at the Kobe Shaq years, they developed the talent. They developed Derek. They developed uh, Kobe when they were kids. And yeah, like he won when he was was he 21. I mean he he they developed him over three years. And and I think you have a chance to do that because this is a special group and. Yeah, you might win one or two with LeBron, maybe, but you can you have a chance at winning two or three, and more enjoyable years with the Lakers. And I I think I'd rather that 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 just kind of brings me to I'd rather bring on one max guy instead of bringing two and sacrificing a Kuzma or sacrificing a Randall. Um, it's a special group. Yeah, no, I I agree with you, and you you just mentioned it. But when LeBron James comes, the entire you know, there's a paradigm shift that the, the entire Lakers team has to undergo, uh, all of a sudden becoming a contending team overnight where, yeah, we don't know if they're going to all of a sudden trade Kyle Kuzma or trade Brandon Ingram for another star because that's what LeBron would demand, right? And so, yeah, I mean, after that, the whole chemistry and dynamic of the team changes and we're no longer fresh organics. We're no, young, no longer trust the process. And once LeBron James starts to peter out and get, you know, older and older, uh, we'd have already sacrificed maybe some young pieces that could have still, you know, been on their upswing at age 25, 26, which is crazy to think about. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I totally get your argument there. I don't know if Sally's still on, but what do you think she'd say about LeBron James? Does she still, like, hate him? Um, yeah. <laughs> Just stay away from LA, please. <laughs> Go take your pizza your pizza franchise and stay over there in Cleveland. <laughs> yes! All right, there you go. You heard it here first. No Blaze Pizza. We don't want Blaze Pizza LeBron. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, hey, so before we uh, close the show, I wanted to talk quickly about Alonzo Ball. He's been struggling like as all heck. Um, are you guys concerned uh, about his recent shooting stretch. I thought I felt like we turned the corner with his shooting um, in December and when he came back because he was pretty much he pretty much became like a 40% three-point shooter. And then the last, I don't know, what is it, six games or so, he's like six for 36 or something. Um, and he hasn't, he's been hesitant to drive it in the lane. Whenever he tries to finish, he gets blocked or he blocks himself at the rim. Um, I mean, the good part is he's playing defense. He's averaging around like 2.8 steals a game the last few games. And yeah, he's still as active as ever and still passing the ball. Eight assists, eight assists, 11 assists, eight assists. But the shooting and the lack of, I don't know, variety in his offensive game right now, I almost feel like we're back to uh, first half of the year Lonzo Ball. So I wanted to get your thoughts, Alan, on are you concerned again? I mean, is it is it one of those things where Lonzo Ball is just really this very streaky player where he'll have really nice stretches where he's like a 
40% three-point shooter, and then some really bad ones where he's uh, like a 22% three-point shooter? Or do you think the summer will just kind of shake things out eventually? But also his free throw shooting. He needs to work on that in the offseason. It is so ugly. It is so bad. Yeah, there's no doubt about that for sure. Uh, I I really do think the summer is going to fix a lot of it. Uh, just being able to take a step back uh, from all the commotion of the regular season and, and making adjustments, you know, in between games and things like that. Um, as far as this recent stretch, I'm not particularly concerned. Um, I mean, we've seen him fill it up before, so there's no reason he shouldn't be able to do that again. Uh, Luke was saying with regards to the Indiana game that he felt like Lonzo wasn't as engaged as he's been because they were feeding Brooke Lopez down low so much because they had an advantage there. And that probably kind of took Lonzo out of his game to an extent. And, uh, you know, I think that makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, what he shot like one for four yesterday. He hit that one three at the top of the key, and that was about it. Uh, one thing that was kind of concerning with yesterday was he only had two rebounds, I believe. Mm. Um, that's kind of odd for him. But I guess that also alludes to him just generally not being as engaged as he typically is. Uh, he did have, what was it? Five assists in the first quarter. And then did he finish with six assists? Eight. So, um, eight. Oh, just kidding. Well, that's still pretty damn good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I- I'm not too worried about it. Um, yeah, I just think it's a rough stretch for him. So it is what it is. I, I really do think, uh, with the summer, not to like boost expectations so high for the very beginning of his second year in the league because we kind of did that with Brandon Ingram right we're like oh man like this summer he's gonna be so much better and all that stuff he killed it in summer league for that one game and uh to start the season the first few weeks he was not very confident and we're like oh crap like it's not going well and then he turned it on so um as far as Lonzo I I think it's fine I I just hope over these next was it 13 games that we have left Mm -hmm. that uh you know, if it's up and down here and there, it's all good. We're just Let's just go back to some flashes, <laughs> and I'll be happy with that. For sure. Dan, what about you? Are you concerned a little bit? Yeah, I think, I mean, when you look at Lonzo, you're not really looking for three-point production. I mean, you are to an extent to, you know, you, you're hoping he hits his open threes. But, I mean, as long as he rebounds, plays defense, and, and, and makes assists, like... What more can you ask for? I feel like everything on top of that is great, except you you freaking need to work on your free throws, Lonzo. It's so bad. You're 40% and you're a guard. Come on. Um, anyway, uh, let me uh, – I, I want to throw this out there. What My friend – okay, so do you guys watch Ball in the Family? I've seen a couple of episodes. Yeah, I've seen a few. Okay, so I don't know if this is confirmed. I, this could totally be rumors, but um, it came out that Lonzo and Denise – we're having a baby, mm-hmm. and um, I have a friend who is up to date on the TMZ sports and all of that stuff. Apparently, dun, dun, dun. okay, this is okay. We're like totally going there. Apparently, Denise and Lonzo have split. Oh, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's real or not. But if it is, that might explain his recent slump. He looks a lot more. I don't know, like temperamental these days um mm. i don't know yeah maybe we could look into that after this but no no that's fair yeah if denise has left lonzo that could explain a lot that's fair i think in the in the short term in the short term it could be affecting him but i i think you probably think that's a good thing long term right i don't know right. but he, he's having a kid denise gotta go denise gotta go <laughs> oh shit <laughs> denise gotta go <laughs> All, she's old, she, I mean, she knew exactly what she was doing by sticking by his side as he got drafted second. She knew exactly what she was doing as she got pregnant. Um, as <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Okay, wait, wait. Can we have <laughs> Sally chime in? Wait, can, wait. Hold on. Wait, wait. What is what is a great take? What does Sally think about Denise and what does she think about Lonzo Ball right now? Denise Gago. Denise Gago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. She wants that baby mama money. I'm saying, uh, okay, anyway, but for real, this could also just be Brandon Ingram's in, in injured, and we're complaining a, a whole lot about nothing. Like Brandon taking control of the offense, um, opens up Lonzo for more open shots. This could mm-hmm. all be that. I'm just, uh, I'm just having a little fun. That's fair. Uh, okay, let's end the show with uh, talking about Julius Randle. Uh, Dan, I don't know. Have you always been an ardent supporter of Julius Randle? 
Or had, did you have some doubts? Because I mean, this guy looks way, 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 way different, even from just six months ago. So yeah, what have you thought about him this season and him just really cementing himself as one of the best, most versatile power forwards in the league? And that's still without him having a jump shot. And I guess, what do you attribute his turn to uh, this year? So yeah, first, were you an ardent Julius Randle supporter? Or has he really turned you around here? Yeah, okay. Um I am completely a Julius Randle supporter. I was not. At the beginning of the year, like I was, okay, you lost some weight, you you gained some muscle, that's cute. Um, <laughs> but I got to say, like, so, I mean, maybe since a little before the All-Star break, I, I guess it was after the trade trade deadline, like when Julius, he took it to another level. And his ability to, I love watching the away feeds because um, mm-hmm. uh, – all the commentators, they always they, they always say the same Lonzo be, Lonzo balls like the story like wow his shot's terrible, but you can always tell how genuinely impressed they are watching Julius. Like, mm. I, 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 this is probably an exaggeration, but I feel like eighty percent of the shots he takes around the rim go in. It's like his finishing. His finishing on 2K should be like 98 because anytime he's within one foot of the basket, it goes in. I feel the same way about Brandon Ingram too, but complete Julius Randle supporter. Nice. Very cool. Uh, Alan, what have your thoughts been on Julius Randle recently? Just kind of picking up the slack in Ingram's absence and still, I mean, he's just like a legitimate 22 point, 11 yeah. rebound, three assist dude on very, very, very efficient shooting. And now he's got the added activity on defense and the finishing to go along with it. Uh, he is just a dominant force. And at this point, I think he's better than Blake Griffin, which is insane to say. Yeah, I mean, he's just become a guy that we can really rely on every single night, like you said, to put up a double-double, like 20 and 10+. plus. Um, there is some stat that they flashed during the game against Indiana yesterday. I don't remember like what the sample size was, but it was highest field goal percentage in the league. And Brooke Lopez and Julius Randle were 1-2. and two. And like right after that was like LeBron, et cetera, et cetera. So that's freaking crazy. Um, it's nuts how just, I don't know, a month ago, month and a half or so, if Julius were putting up, you know, 15 and 8, 15 and 9, we're like, damn, like this guy's gotten so much better. But now he's like producing freaking legit, like number two option type on a team, you know, numbers. And, uh, I mean, the best thing is not just the fact that he's putting up those numbers, but how he's doing it. You know, in the past, if he got double-digit rebounds, it's like, well, half of those are from his own misses on offensive rebounds. Um, but, again, in the paint, like zero to three feet, he's converting at such a high percentage, so that's obviously not the case. And he just looks so patient and so in control um, offensively, even though his limbs are flailing all over the place. It doesn't matter. Like, he takes his time. And when he shoots his shot, yeah, it looks kind of weird. But, um, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, we're all extremely proud <laughs> of him. And like you said earlier, um, I think top priority or one of our top priorities is definitely to uh, retain him. Absolutely. All right, Dan, uh, my last Lakers question for you. We have to talk about Kyle Kuzma. He's had, man, he was blistering to start the season, and then he had his downturn at the end of December, much of January. He's slowly starting to pick it up again, uh, being inserted back into the starting lineup with, uh, you know, the last three games. He's averaging 21 points per game on 52% shooting, which is the biggest thing. I think that's that's what's taken the hit recently during his slump, the efficiency, right? The three-point shot wasn't there. Um, we weren't sure what he was doing, if his shot wasn't falling. But again, in the last three games, 21 points, uh, 9.6 rebounds, two assists on 52% shooting, which kind of mimics more of what he was doing um, in the first half of the season where he came out of the out of the gates guns blazing pretty much so you know 27 points eight rebounds the last game um 11 points eight rebounds three assists one steal against the miami heat game but if you remember he or he got seven seven of those points were in the fourth quarter when he was hitting some clutch shots when the lakers offense was bogged down against miami and really he hit that three-pointer to get us the lead um and then the game against denver 26 points 13 rebounds uh, five for 11 from three so i guess what are your what are your impressions on Kyle Kuzma's kind of up and down season so far. And uh, just, I guess, what are your impressions of Kyle Kuzma as a Laker? Love Kyle Kuzma's game. I love, I think, um, you know, after the quote unquote rookie wall slump, you know, I love how he's bouncing back. 
I'm a big believer in him. I think coming uh, next year, he's going to be a lot more consistent. I love how when his shot's not falling, he'll go and chase rebounds. Like he'll try mm-hmm. to contribute in other ways. I love how um, he has this awkward mid-range game. I, I feel like that's always been consistent. And I think I love how he gets his points as the second and third option. It seems like he lets the game come to him. Mm. If if Julius and if if Brandon or IT if their game isn't going, it seems like he ran like he somehow ends up with 17 to 21 points. It's like how did he get that? And I love that about him. Like the game is just so natural to him and I'm very excited about his future. Yeah, I agree. You know, Kyle Kuzma, most of the time when the Lakers are too absorbed in doing this, let's just chuck up threes all night, especially in crunch time situations. Kyle Kuzma is usually the one guy who's like, let me find the mismatch and go into the post, do these nifty spin moves or hook shots of mine and try and diversify our offense up a little bit. Whereas, you know, Brooke Lopez will just keep shooting threes. Isaiah Thomas will shoot a three. KCP will shoot a three what's it called? Kyle Kuzma is the one guy who makes an intentional effort to try and find the mismatch and do something else. And I think he became this past week, the most threes by a Lakers rookie. I mean, that's a record that he has in the books, which is amazing. And then he is the first NBA rookie with a thousand points, 400 rebounds and 133 point uh, field goals made uh, in a season. So that's 1,037 points, 416 rebounds, and 133 three-point field goals made. So very impressive stuff about Kyle, Kyle Kuzma. And like you said, he, he he just gets his points where they come and doesn't really force things. So I think that's been a pleasant surprise. Um, yeah, so before we let you go, I wanted to ask uh, Sally, being part of this Lakers season from start to finish and kind of being in- invested in it, uh, which Lakers young core dude is her favorite? Or like, wh- who is she the most invested in? Whoa. Um, I really like Brandon Ingram. <laughs> My nickname for him is Baby Ingram. <laughs> he's or he's not the baby anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just I I have also liked watching him grow and progress as a player from just kind of fumbling around and not really knowing what to do with the ball and being uh, a much more aggressive player and just getting his Mm. shots in no matter how awkward his arms look and you know like his face always looks really angry but it like it gets in there you know so yeah i really like brandon personality wise is there something you like do you like just how unassuming and uh what's it called mellow he is or yes 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 like like we discussed earlier about jordan clarkson he's just not that type of player who at away games would party all night the night before at the clubs and at the parties with the ladies and post and then play horribly the next day no no, no. my my theory (laughs) is that he is such a player that he doesn't have to post about it like jordan clarkson does oh well you know uh of course i i am a player (laughs) that's my brandon ingram impression (laughs) so so much shade being thrown at me man i ain't on the freaking lakers no more man okay all right well thank you guys so much for coming on i i had a lot of fun i don't know if anybody actually listening to this will have fun but uh (laughs) it was it was great to have uh daniel che and sally kang from run river north on sally you are actually our first female our first woman on this podcast so so that's that's very cool and i mean even just that last analysis x's and o's analysis on how far brandon ingram has come on court is is pretty cool to hear so dan che you got a keeper i I, i'm so happy yes thank you for having us it's been a blast um keep doing what y'all doing i'm such a fan um i love that we can dive deep into lakers talk um and we all struggle through the games together although (laughs) now it's not so much a struggle but last year was pretty brutal yeah. Um I never told you this, but I mean, every time I watch you guys play, I'm so inspired and I live vicariously through your guys's rock stardom and how quirky and eccentric you guys are. I'm always inspired by you. And um I, I I'm, let's close with this. I think I I primed you to this question too, but uh if you had to describe the Run River North's current season and parallel it to a Lakers season, either present or past, it can be far past. 
how would you describe Run River North season right now, and what what kind of Lakers team would it be from from history? That is that is a great question, and I did think about this, and I I uh, presented it to Sally as well, so she'll have mm-hmm. an answer. But I thought, okay, so I'm on NBA Reddit a lot. Mm-hmm. Someone randomly posted a bunch of um, Bill Russell footage from like 1968. 1969 mm-hmm. like remastered so like it looks like hd quality but in black and white it's 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 insane mm-hmm. but they're playing the lakers and they're in the lakers lineup is it's pretty crazy it's jerry west elgin baylor and wilt how they didn't win a championship <laughs> blows my mind mm-hmm. but um you know run river north is now three people we used to be six and it's been a uh an interesting and difficult year and a half. But if I had to compare our current lineup to any lineup in the Lakers, it, it's got to be those big three. Mm. I would say uh, Sally is Wilt because she is very <laughs> tall for a female. Um, <laughs> Alex is Jerry because he is the logo. He is the front man. And I'm mm. uh, Elgin Baylor because uh, I, I like to dabble in, in a lot of things. Uh, rebounds points assists um i i try to contribute as much as i can oh here's sally um for me i just came up with this answer like an hour (laughs) ago but i compare run river north now as the lakers last season with like d'angelo like lou williams (laughs) like baby ingram and just kind of like a bunch of these like players that kind of like were promising and like made sense but when they're when they were out on the court it was just like what is going on like everyone looks like they're fumbling after the ball it's like who's throwing what to who and I think that's very telling of like where we are in terms of like it seems like we're kind of we've been grasping and just trying to figure out how to do this with the three of us but Mm -hmm. it's morphing into something good so, you know, we're losing, like, the the guys who are just all about the show and all about the Instagram and, you know, all about the ladies. <laughs> and we're just kind of, like, moving forward and really finding our own groove. That's awesome. Well, I can tell you right now, even just as the three of you, I feel like we get more connected to you as fans and audience members because we feel your guys' emotion when you guys are up there. And it's almost like we feel your journey without necessarily knowing the specifics of it. Um, so I think that's really cool. And this girl I'm dating now, who is now my girlfriend, that was the first show I brought her to. That was kind of our first event, that Run River North um, concert. And I, t- I texted Dan beforehand. I was like, hey, help me impress this girl by coming and meeting us outside and talking about how great my <laughs> Lakers podcast is. <laughs> um, but but she had a great time. And so I'm glad that I can say like our first like real date date was at a Run River North concert. So you that's, guys are very oh, memorable. Yay. That's awesome, man. Jehan, you, you are you are so sweet, man. Thank you for those words. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, plug yourselves one more time and let's let's go out on a high note with Run River North. Run River North. We are um no, but for real, we are mu- we are f- full-time musicians and we all happen to be Asian and this world is very not ready for that, but we're we're just trying to do our best and um we hope to be an inspiration. Um we're going into year 7 and I think to anybody listening, I mean, just do what you do and just do it well. Yeah. There you go. At Run River North on Twitter. Dan, plug your Instagram because I was watching your, uh, your uh, what's it called? Buffalo Wild Wings or your, like chicken wings taste testing thing that you had <laughs> the other day. Uh, yeah. That was awesome. It, but yeah. You, uh, me and Sally like to do uh, this. We have a series called Food Wars where, where we'll take a very specific but accessible food that anybody can go try so we'll, we'll, for example we did korean chicken wings in koreatown and compare three of the supposed top and then come to our own conclusions like another one we did was dollar tacos in la and we we you know pretty much narrowed down what our favorites were and made recommendations so that can be found at at daniel che c-h-a-e-e uh the single e daniel che was already taken so i had to add the other e um so i just add daniel che with two e's um yeah check it out awesome thank you guys for coming on um alan i'll catch you later
Love so, you, Alan. Right. Later, man. Love you too, man. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Sally. Please check out Run River North. And if you're in the East Coast uh, around the first week of April or so, uh, look on their website to see where they're playing at. I know they're doing like Philly, New York, um, Pennsylvania, some suburbs in Pennsylvania, something like that. But uh, yeah, please check them out. And uh, yeah, go Lakers, go. Hey. Hey. Bow. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Yo, that was so much fun. Nobody knows how they beat oh, 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 oh. oh, oh. This is what Flo from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.